Hello everyone, my name is Devin Wally and welcome to episode 3 of On The Record. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Aaron Tolentino, SDSU alum and former sports editor of the Daily Aztec. Aaron is a Bay Area native, a huge fan of San Francisco sports, and covered SDSU football and men's basketball for the Daily Aztec. Here's our interview, and I hope you enjoy! Episode 3 of On The Record, I'm here with former Daily Aztec sports editor Aaron Tolentino. Aaron, how are you doing? What's up, Devin? You know, I'm, I'm feeling good just at home, but obviously can't be ignoring what's going on in the world. Definitely, definitely. I mean, what like, what's your whole reaction to like what's been going on in the news and the protests and stuff? Honestly, I'm kind of just kind of on a, what do you call it, like feast or I don't know. I'm just feeding in a lot of social media right now, and I'm kind of seeing, you know, the same thing all the movements, all the solidarity uh, in the movement and all that, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, I guess it's, I guess it's incumbent on, or, or ba- I guess it's dependent on base that I kind of follow, I have like a specific sense. So I guess they're all kind of like with me, which I, I, I would assume, mm-hmm. I would hope to think the majority of the US people have that same mentality when it comes to this movement. But that's what I've been seeing. I've been seeing pretty much nothing but good um you know seeing how everyone protesting you know helping out how they can because obviously we're still in the pandemic so you know not mm-hmm. everyone's out there but doing their part by donating or sharing whatever they need to do yeah have like the protests been kind of crazy up in the bay area uh, it depends what city um especially like so for example i'm from san francisco uh san francisco has been pretty um pretty good like the protests have been strong um but it hasn't been to the point where it's dangerous you know because pretty much all the protesters in San Francisco know that its leadership got its back. Like, for example, the, the mayor of San Francisco's London Breed, she's a black woman. And she obviously makes it clear that she will fight for whatever's right. And, and that, that's why the people of San Francisco know, you know, they have their back. So it's kind of more of a beautiful sight rather than kind of like a messy scene between protesters and police. In other cities where mm-hmm. I guess the leadership is not as open minded. So it kind of just depends on what part of the Bay Area you're speaking of. But in terms of my hometown, San Francisco, I think it's been pretty positive just based on the leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about the Bay Area a little bit. What's mm-hmm. it like to grow up there? Honestly, the Bay Area, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of places say this, but I think the Bay Area in particular is kind of just like a hub of diversity just because, you know, a lot of people immigrate uh come in and out of that like the central hub to san francisco or the nearby cities mm-hmm. super diverse but the thing about the bay area it's like diverse and in, in it's not mixed together per se it's kind of like all the neighbor sitting cities have like a, a consensus majority like there's one city let's say uh, i don't know uh, i i I'd probably get the facts wrong but i don't want to like single group out but let's say fairfield has this demographic but walnut creek has this demographic there's a lot of different demographics area but they're just located they're just dispersed in different cities so i mean mm-hmm. being when i grew up i kind of grew up all over the bay area so like i kind of seen the different parts of it so i haven't had a problem being exposed to different you know cultures and people so that's the thing about the bay area it, it's kind of a little bit of everything but it's I, I would say diverse and dispersed kind of separately so not everyone's exactly blended together to i guess the extent that i would like to think so mm-hmm. 
now in your opinion like what makes the bay area special compared to like other places that you've been to honestly i don't think i'm like maybe aside from washington dc but i think the thing about the bay area it, i think it's like the hub of per, like movement like i would say almost like worldwide i mean maybe as far as this country goes definitely one of the top you know five three two cities in the entire country in terms of progress uh whether it's you know black lives matter whether it's the gay community whether it's you know latino community um whatever it is i just feel like and and, and i'm talking mostly about san francisco but i think it stemmed out mm-hmm. to the other air cities because if, if i'm being honest san francisco has been pretty gentrified the last mm-hmm. years but when i grew up as a little kid they were a hub of diversity where it's the opposite of what I explained a few seconds ago. All cultures were combined in a little city, like in a, in one city, San Francisco. So you got Little mm-hmm. Italy, North Beach, the Italians, and then you have you know China, obviously has a lot of Asians, and then you have Outer Sunset, more Asians, and then you have I'm not getting this right, but another let's say the Inner Sunset has all the Irish population and so forth, and so forth. So I think that's the thing that kind of makes very special, just that it's diversity and also it's open-mindedness. And I'm not, and that doesn't mean to say, obviously, not everyone here is open-minded, but majority speaking, that that's kind of just the mindset of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And now, we like, get hype. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> and sure. And we get hype. And uh-huh. we, you know, we love our sports teams and all that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, certainly, no doubt, Warriors fans are on another level. If if you were to have a go-to food spot in the Bay Area, whether it's in San Francisco, it's in Oakland, or in San Jose, you know, wherever. What place would you go to and why? I think I think everyone I talk to who visits San Francisco, I'm always saying La Taqueria on 25th and Mission. I, I'm not kidding, guys. It's it's the best burrito you've ever had. Mission-style burrito, El Dorado, all crunchy and everything. There's actually, look it up, 2014, there's an article on, uh, there's an article, I think it was by either USA Today or 50, or 5038, whatever that website was, that named La Taqueria the best burrito in America. And it's like a big, like, tourist spot in san francisco like pretty much anyone who visits san francisco like that burrito place is a must i even tell anyone who's on the bar train from the airport go to la talk on 25th admission you'll thank me later and i like every, every time uh we go there i haven't been there in a couple of years but every time i go there it never disappoints and also like you know crazy out out the door but for good reason so mm-hmm. la Taqueria, 25th mission check it out yeah definitely definitely now i want to transition into your time at diablo valley college where you were there okay. with um, now assistant sports editor Luis Lopez. What what was it like? I mean, I'm assuming you were a journalism major there, right? Yes, but I, I, I didn't become a journalism major until maybe like my second or third semester. But yeah, I was a journalism major. Okay, so like what, what was it like? Like I'm assuming you're on the student newspaper over at Diablo Valley College. Like what yeah. was it like in, in that area? Like just covering sports and stuff? Pretty much, if we're going to focus on my time at, at the newspaper, yeah, so pretty much I didn't join the newspaper until my second year at DVC. The thing about, like, you know, I'm super thankful for, you know, joining the newspaper because that's kind of where everything started. Um, that's when I actually got my first real hand experience as a journalist, you know, reporting, writing articles, getting it published on a, like a print product, seeing my name on a byline. But honestly, um, I really realize it. I mean, I'm looking back now, I realize, like, it was so fun covering, um, junior college football like that mm-hmm. was like when I was assigned that my editor was like hey you should cover this football game I was like 
yeah, let's do it. And then the first game I covered, it was super exciting, but just not even the games itself, but just kind of like the stories where all these guys come from. Because like when, you know, you, if, if anyone knows anything about college football, I guess they, there's like a association with, with Juco guys, like, you know, Juco product, you know, only the tough ones make it out, whatever, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. honestly, you see it in, in real person because spending just as much time as the D1 athlete, but there's no scholarship. There's there's not as many resources. They don't have, you know, the nice gyms. They don't have the nice equipment. They don't have the nice field. But they kind of just do it, obviously, to grind scholarship. But uh, it, it's just kind of a testament of just, you see these guys because they really want to play football. They want to be here. They want to play football for the love of it. Because when they play, like, I'm going to be honest, at those games, there's like 30, 40 people in the crowds, pretty much just family. There's not like a big mm-hmm. following, but they still play high-level football because you know, a lot of these guys are going D1 anyway. So this is a pretty high level, but no one really knows about it. So just covering that and kind of being the expert on that on, at DVC, that particular JUCO was kind of just kind of cool for me because no one, it's not really like a thing to cover JUCO football, but just me having that, um, you know, coverage of it, you know, was well appreciated and kind of helped spread the word of like, oh, these guys some good players here like did you feel like a sense of like what you were covering was kind of special because like obviously you said there are 40 like 40 or so people in the stands and like i'm assuming there's probably not a lot of people covering the game to begin with so like did you kind of feel there was a sense of like i kind of have to i have something important like this is something important i have to cover yeah definitely because you know all these there's a there's a one player i want to single out his name is jason dixon and he like like a quote-unquote blind side story he's an offensive tackle uh offensive tackle left uh, left tackle but he was like this big like six six guy never really played football until senior year of high school he's actually a basketball player so he kind of just went in dvc just because uh he didn't really have a basketball future in college so he and he never really played football enough to have a scholarship there so he kind of just went to DVC and the coaches say hey, you play ball and then kind of like recruited him like and then on the field naturally you know he had the ability to athleticism and all the you know the physical to play at a high level and like mm-hmm. this guy after one season at DVC he got offered by Bama, uh, UCLA, wow. USC, like all these big power schools even San Diego State. Uh, mm-hmm. He ended up going to Minnesota, and I was actually the guy who broke the story that he announced it because he told me, like, hey, I'm signed to Minnesota. I was like, okay. And where he's from, Vallejo, like, they wrote a story on him, like, a few days after I did. You know, a little Juco newspaper unlocked this or told a story about some cool, unknown guy playing junior college ball with 30 people in the stands. But this is, like, one of the top recruits in the country. You know, he's with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, who had just this league of year. So it's kind of cool to see him transition to, like I said, the small Juco football life to you know big uh, big big power five football so it's just like those stories that kind of just make covering dvc football like or juco football special because you know they're under the radar and you know max preps is not covering it or whatever you know yeah yeah definitely like do you feel like your time at dvc and the student newspaper there like did it help you grow as a journalist i think the thing about current juco sports um it, there wasn't so much structure like it is at san diego state like mm-hmm. obviously at san diego you know there's a lot of media there's the tribune there's fox there's nbc whatever whole process for media they have sids and structure of how to get interviews but when i was covering juco football it's just i want an interview i literally gotta walk into the locker room and just <laughs> like hey can you talk and i gotta exchange numbers but at the same time it kind of just helped me grow to develop relationships and develop relationships with coaches and players and I think I carried that on to San Diego State but I just feel like yeah that's kind of like the mindset it kind of just helped me grow just because you have all this freedom and nothing was really like given to you like if you wanted a story you like you had to really find it it's not like this is gonna say like oh so-and-so earned this honor or so-and-so you know passed for this many yards it's kind of like you gotta do your own research and then if stuff comes mm-hmm. up you gotta find that information yourself 
there's no SID, quote-unquote, disability yeah. code. I mean, he has all the players' numbers or knows where they are. So I think that's kind of what made that special and helped me grow as a journalist. I want to transition into you joining the Daily Aztecs. You come, you mm-hmm. you decide to transfer to San Diego State, and you apply to become the assistant sports editor. Now you get the job, and just talk to me about mm-hmm. what that that first interaction you had between like everybody at the Daily Aztec and like yourself. Like, what was that like? Honestly, it was pretty. Uh, I, it was. I think it was awkward because I remember walking in. Like, you know how like editors have their meetings in that conference room Mm -hmm. so we had like that editor's meeting like our first one this is like like early august this is before wait like a couple weeks before because we print like the last few weeks of summer so we had like editor's meeting but the thing is i walk in there i was the only new editor so like everyone kind of had like their own like circles whatever everyone's talking to this person you know jostin talking to will whatever it was and then like I see AJ, the guy I've been texting all summer, who's gonna, who's the sports editor, I was the assistant. And I just went up to him like, hey, you know, I'm Aaron, nice to meet you. Uh, nice to finally meet you, whatever. But it was just like kind of like so weird because like I knew nobody, but like I was still an editor, but I was like the new guy, even though I was yeah. like supposed to be one of the best on the paper. So it was kind of like this weird thing, but you know, I mean, the Aztecs is a family, so obviously they welcomed me pretty fast. But yeah, it was just at first it was definitely kind of awkward walking there because A, I was just a new student at San Diego State. Like, I didn't know anybody. So kind of walking that was pretty interesting. Now, like, what was, like, the first game that you covered as an assistant sports editor? Oh, th- yeah, this is fun. Uh, Stanford, August mm. 31st. Uh, so San Diego State football. Well, actually, well, okay. Actually, I covered a women's soccer game. Sorry. My bad. I covered <laughs> a women's soccer game. Uh, who was it against? I think it was against... Cal State Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton or New Mexico State, one of the one of those two schools. Anyway, it was like my first article I wrote on print. Can't forget that. But that was a little different just because um, I had AJ with me, the sports editor at the time, and like I had another staff writer, or I think it was just AJ. But yeah, it was AJ, and I was kind of like I had my handheld time, like asked to write down your questions, do this, whatever. He kind of guided mm-hmm. me. But the first real game I covered by myself was the SDSU football game at Stanford because I was the only one there. Uh, mm. There was no other member, so and it was uh, pretty surreal. Um, like literally, my first football game since DVC was like Stanford. It's televised, you know. Demarco Murray's doing uh, commentary, and then yeah. I forgot who the player play. Like you had all these like big names, like oh shoot, it's on Fox Sports One, and like you know what I mean. And then like yeah. I, I was on the field, uh, just like on the San Diego State sideline, you know, just seeing what's up. And then like Rashad Penny's next to me, I'm like oh crap like this guy he was there i'm like oh this is the guy that i was like kind of before i even came to san diego state and it was fun to watch him and he's kind of like oh you know what i mean so it was kind of just like a yeah. big surreal like oh like oh this is like quote yeah, unquote because of college football so i mean yeah definitely definitely i mean um like were you nervous um doing that stanford game because obviously i can imagine like you know you're going to like a huge venue like stanford's like a huge football program and like you got, you know, it's a nationally televised game. Like, were you nervous? Was, yeah, no, the whole thing was honestly stressful just because uh, when I got, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but honestly, when I when I got hired as sports editor, like just seeing what the Daily Aztec did, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to become editor because I saw the assistant sports editor is kind of like the main, like, football writer because I saw AJ when he was, and he did all the football stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so if I become this person, I could do all the football stuff. So when I got hired in April, 
And the schedule came out, like, I think a couple of months later in June, where I saw, like, oh, they have a game in the Bay. Like, I have to go to that. So, I, like, I bought my plane ticket. I don't know the sports editor, AJ, was going to let me to cover it. So, I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just buy my ticket. You know, it gives me a weekend home, whatever, a little mm-hmm. three-day weekend. So I do it anyway. But, like, I was stressing out because I was like, AJ doesn't know me. Will he actually let me, you know, travel on my own? On the big yeah. assignment, because like honestly, from the editor's perspective, someone you a you don't know, but also like this totally new guy, like mm-hmm. who has done nothing for the daily asset, send him you know hundreds of miles away to cover the first big football game of the year. It's like so I was like oh super nervous about it, but then you know as in, I told him like hey you know I'm gonna try to get credential whatever, and then when actually no the first part AJ was kind of cool like oh yeah you cover it like I'm jealous you know we don't pay for travel so this is going to be out of your own pocket i was like okay i don't mind i mean it's just like a trip to see family mm-hmm. so when he said he wanted to give the go on that now the problem was like getting credentials through stanford like will they accept little old daily aztec onto the scene because i didn't know much <laughs> how college football games were i don't know if we're like legit or are we just yeah. some you know dumb school newspaper but obviously like we're legit journalists so like honestly when like i bought the plane tickets so i was like the plane ticket was like oh am i gonna get it but i finally got a little request accepted like a week before so i was like oh okay everything is saved like i get to go to this game so honestly that whole thing was pretty stressful just getting the credential but yeah so i mean it was a crazy process like months leading into it because i i try to like anticipate like oh can i cover this big game and it's just like so much hype around it because it was like stanford was like at the time was like number 13 in the country coming yeah. in they still had love was coming off like a crazy year so Stanford was you know a favorite to win the Pac-12 so yeah there was a lot of hype to the game so it was excitement but also nervousness for sure. With that first year like was it hard for you to kind of get accommodated because obviously I'm like I'm just thinking from like a writer's perspective like like there might they might be kind of like were they kind of confused at first because like obviously you're someone who like was at a community college and like you didn't even you weren't in the DA and then now all of a sudden you're in the assistant sports editor position so like what was that like like to be able to gain like the trust of your writers during that first year I, I think the thing is um the first thing is I remember that first month probably the whole week of August um I kind of just sat behind AJ and kind of just did whatever he told me to do like if he told me like hey can you text so-and-so to edit this story or whatever I kind of just held back I didn't really give my own input just because mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to be that guy because I know because I've been following the Daily Aztec sports section for about a couple years before I even joined like I knew so like I kind of didn't want to like step on what they're doing because I I love their work that's why I wanted to work today because you know they do good stuff mm-hmm. there's a couple people coming back like Tristan Kyle from Kyle Betts who's now sports editor this year such as cocky but yeah I want to like you know do too much but you know helpful is I would go oh I think that I did even this year or this past like, I would go to my writers to the games kind of like you know gain their trust and then like as you mm-hmm. kind of gain their trust and know that you have good intentions you're not just trying to be a bossy editor is you know they're willing to accept constructive constructive criticism you know you know and they know that you're there to help them and not just boss them around so i think you kind of had to slowly acclimate yourself on a personal level so when you do like you know do the hard edits or whatever you know they don't just look at you as some boss who has who doesn't really care about his writer so yeah yeah, that was- yeah certainly now, then the following year, you become the sports editor. Kyle Betts becomes the assistant sports editor. Was the transition between those two positions, like, was it hard for you at first? Um, actually, no, not really, because I think AJ is, like, the, the, probably, like, the second portion of the of the spring semester the previous year, 
AJ had gotten like this legit, not even just an internship, like a legit like journalism job, you know, working 30, 35 hours a week. So pretty much like he mm-hmm. kind of gave me the keys in the section. Like he, he would just tell me like check in, uh, you know, edit this. like I'd be, I'd be coming. I had start I had I started having more like responsibilities from just editing with without him necessarily like back a second look. He kind of just trusted me with edits because he knew I would edit pretty appropriately. So like kind of just that last couple months, I guess I was pretty. I wouldn't say pretty much running the section, but like I was definitely more hands on and vocal about assigning this and that. Uh, I was kind of like almost getting ready to transition to that role, uh, and a- AJ was on his way out because you know he was graduating. So like obviously mm-hmm. he had journal job, which is like a real job, thirty hours. So he was focusing on that. So I don't think it was too of a transition. Uh, it wasn't too difficult just because you know, I had that those couple months to kind of adjust and also having developed the relationship with the writers that I knew were coming back next year definitely mm-hmm. helped so like not everything was totally new but yeah so it wasn't too bad yeah now like when I had that first episode when I had my first episode of my podcast with Amber um, she mentioned to me how she was kind of the one who kicked off this idea of having stand-ups in the sports section because she said <laughs> that she, she said that she brought that idea up with Kyle and then uh-huh. that then the idea was brought up to you and then you 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 kind of gave it the the full clear ahead so like is you know is I, that I, is that kind of how it went okay I, I don't want I don't there's not like a competition of who's gonna take credit or what <laughs> no no it's not but definitely the stand-ups were I guess if it, if it was Amber's idea, okay, I'll let her have it. But the the idea came to me. The reason why I pushed for standups uh, this year, or like, you know, had it more extensively, because mm-hmm. I kind of did that for football. But it was like super casual, quote unquote, standup. I would just like literally just set up like a like a mini like monopod, and, like that with my iPhone. It was just like literally just like mm-hmm. one minute. It looked super cheap and casual. Like no one was holding the camera. It was just like me do, talking for 30, 40 seconds for a football game about what was going on mm-hmm. so like, the idea and i kind of just want to make it like a bigger thing like on twitter is more consistent so like instead of covering as many span uh let's just stick to a fewer sports but have three like three people covering the same sport but in different ways like like you know this uh one person would do a stand-up so their job is to you know do research before the game maybe do interviews before the game get quotes mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully the game, halftime, game, but not where they could do. And then have someone do social media and maybe photos, and then another person do the recap or write something about the game. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of just helped. Uh, the stand up kind of just added this new element of the sports section that I, I personally think kind of took us to the new level, to the next level in terms of that extra step of being like full multimedia journalist. So I, I, I just think, and Amber, you know how she knows how I feel about her. Like, obviously, she's one of the She's one of the best stand-ups and reporters that that we've had this year. So, like, all right, she wanted to take the credit. Okay. <laughs> she did good. I'm going to give this to you. Uh, my job is not to take the credit. My job is just to help you guys. But, you know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. Now, you know, obviously, like, as an editor, you're, you're dealing with football and men's basketball for a majority of your sports. But, like, I know also, like, you were involved in taking photos. Like, you took a lot of photos for – um, you took a few photos for a few women's basketball games this year. Yeah. Like, kind of describe to me what that moment was like to be able to take photos. Because, obviously, that's a different realm for you, really. I definitely gotten better because I took uh, photojournalism before 35. Uh, the thing is, when I – I've been a lot for a couple of years now. 
Like, it was just to used to shoot, which like doesn't not necessarily bad, but it, it could it could be better. So like in that class, like I was or not in that class, just shooting women's basketball and other sports like women's soccer, whatever. I was able to you know be a better photographer, like playing with the settings and all that. And it kind of just like um, and I use that opportunity as to, as a photographer to be at all the games, to to pretty much kill two birds with one stone. Like a, I could be there and take photos if no one can, but also be help out my writers who are covering the game to recap, see if they have any questions, just because you know mm-hmm. I, I kind of know how this works, whatever, and kind of just oversee everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a like a win win for everyone. Um, but yeah, just taking photos, I think it was important adding another element um as a journalist just because you know nowadays you kind of just have to be a little bit of, i yeah. hadn't worked on much but i think last year i think i did a good job you know shooting a lot of women's basketball games but yeah and i still have a lot of sorry i'm getting off topic but if no, any I'm, women's basketball players still, still listen to this uh i still have a lot of you guys photos uh y'all photos but i mean if you guys want me want them you know you could always message me on whatever dm me <laughs> on instagram or whatever but yeah, I, I have a lot of photos so that I hadn't posted, but yeah, so that was that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, like, what's been one of your favorite games to cover while you've been with, at the DA? Can I narrow it down by sport or just one overall game? Um, you can narrow it by sport. Goal. You can have a few. You can have a few. So for men's basketball, this is probably pretty easy. Uh, I think everyone's heard this before, but definitely, I mean, Utah State like the Kawhi game like that was obviously insane mm. the thing is uh, I remember KCR was at that game uh we had multiple daily acid people at that game too but like I was the only like student journalist with a seat court side with the press seat court side because obviously the athletic was there ESPN was there mm-hmm. um so it was pretty surreal just to be able to get that court side access because the crowd was packed SL this year was like super good I think they were 23 and 0 at the time whatever Utah State formidable opponent and then Kawhi's jersey at the time. So everything kind of just clashing, this whole media event. Uh, just, just to be able to have a seat courtside, it was kind of like surreal. Just because I remember I was sitting next to the Clippers SID. And then a couple seats down from me was this guy from the Athletic who covers the Clippers and just all these big names. I remember this is kind of funny because up top, there's this guy from ESPN. Uh, I can't even say his name. His name is Om um, I Sorry, I can't say her name. Oh, yeah, I know. But, who, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? He got a seat up top so i was kind of looking and i'm like okay um i kind of got a better seat than you espn take that ESPN. nah i mean it was just kind of like a blessing you know obviously i've been covering the team all year it doesn't make sense to you know dump me up top um mm-hmm. just for one game so yeah it was pretty amazing you know just seeing uh, i remember i was in the the backstage of viejas you know Kawhi's family walking in i remember uh, you know, walking by or him walking by me because I was I was actually funny. The story was I was trying to go to the bathroom during one of the timeouts, and the security guard told me like, "Oh, hold, where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm just going to the bathroom." Like, all right, just wait a minute. And then like, it's like Kawhi's entourage, and he's passing by. I'm like, Shoot, no big deal. Just Kawhi Leonard walking past me. And then during halftime, when I was just sitting on the, the courtside press seat, you know, there's Paul George, Steve Ballmer just walking by in front of me. Like, it's whatever, you know, all the mm-hmm. Clippers team. So, or just kind of like that whole thing. It was kind of surreal. Part of me, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have stopped Paul George for a picture. But I was like, ah, oh, I was too busy about getting the story in the deadline. So, I mean, it's just a cool experience that I get to, you know, just to share. Like, oh, yeah, there was the Clippers there. Definitely that night was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, did, did you kind of get, like, chills when you were watching the game? Like, because obviously I know as a journalist, like, you got to stay focused on your whole recap and everything and 
but obviously you got to stay in tune with the game but did you kind of like take a moment to like soak it all in because obviously that was a very special no, like environment uh, yeah definitely so pretty much i have like a pre-game ritual um where i kind of just like quiet myself uh, i sit i actually go to the bathroom there's like this corner where i kind of like sit in there close my eyes and kind of just like pray for a second just kind of like thank and like soak it all in and kind of just thank everyone because the re- or thank everything the you know god has given me the opportunity and everything because the reason why i came to san diego state was for games like that the Kawhi games like that where mm-hmm. the reason i want to go because i know how big sports is at the school and like just see everything kind of just come true like oh I came to this school because the sports following so big and kind of just like you know I take a minute to kind of soak it all in just like wow I'm like super blessed like whoever thought like I was just this guy who's who's been been wanting to go to San Diego State high school and got rejected out of high school and what I'd never thought like oh wow I could finally be in this position to go to San Diego State and experience you know just the amazing like fan base and the crazy fan base that passionate fan base that the Aztecs have so yeah pretty much every basketball game uh basketball and football just kind of just you know it's pretty big but it's it's kind of like easier doing basketball because it's small mm-hmm. it's all packed ears get, get are like shaking and all that but yeah it's honestly just amazing i i definitely soak it in but then obviously when step up starts i'm super stressed because you know writing a recap gets yeah. kind of so yeah yeah definitely what's been one of your favorite players and coaches that you've gotten the chance to interview in, uh, w- during your time at the DA? Uh, players. I'll probably, I'll start with the player, uh, football player, uh, Darren Hall, the Hall. We have, we've always had a funny uh, relationship because I remember covering him, or not, the thing is when he, when that 2018 season started, he wasn't even playing. He was just some bench, or he was a retro freshman, he was just a bench player. But I actually had uh, a class with him, and I sat next to him. Like, we sat next to him on the first day. I didn't know he was on the football team. Then we started talking about it because uh, I had seen his uh, backpack that said SSU football, whatever. So I started asking, like, hey, you cover football? Or, hey, you're on the football team? Like, yeah, cover football, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you're going to be at Stanford. And then he pretty much just, we just had it, we started having a build a relationship just as friends, you know. And then, like, the second he started playing, you know, started making some plays, like, oh, wow, this is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing is, he looks fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, he's the most fun player to interview just because. Even if I didn't have that class with him, I just feel like if I developed me being around the team, like he, he's the type of guy to like, hey, interview me. Like I want to be heard. He's very outspoken. Like he likes the cameras. He likes the being interviewed and he likes that stuff because, you know, he likes to be a voice for the team. So he's always super fun because he's super genuine, super real. Like he did like 100. Like he doesn't hold back when it comes to what goes on, like how he feels. So just mm-hmm. super authentic guy because you know rocky long is not too much his program is kind of like you know stay quiet you know keep stuff to the program but you know darren hall likes to call what it is and really be authentic and just show you know his true personality on and off the field so i definitely appreciate covering a guy like that now like what's one of you what's uh one of your favorite coaches that you got in the chance to interview nicest coach is probably mike friesen women's soccer uh he's just the best guy like even after like a tough loss he still gives all the the right answers says the right things um never too you know whatever after a loss um super nice but the guy i probably developed the close relationship with was probably coach long and just gotten to know him because you know i've been following him for like the past couple years and like he's funny i mean he's kind of has like this dark like humor about him where like he's kind of like rash but it's like in a in like a nice way 
it's hard to explain like if you ever watch him get interviewed like he'll give you like a like a blunt answer but it's like it, it almost it comes across as almost as harsh and mean but like he'll kind of like laugh it off because like he's telling like he tells the truth so like definitely mm-hmm. a guy like rocky long he's kind of i we've kind of developed relationship like we never like had a first name basis but he kind of just like knows like i would say like hey coach what's going on like he knows who i am i know like obviously i know who he is so like it kind of it was kind of like a cool culmination when he retired or left the program that's like a big press conference you know i shook hands with him and i was like hey coach it's been a, it's been fun this past couple of years and he kind of just said that back just knowing like i was pretty much followed him at all these road games too like he saw me at stanford he saw me at san jose state he saw me in new mexico he saw me at all these places so and i always say say hi so definitely that's the guy i kind of developed the relationship with i'll definitely uh love covering the most good and bad because you know he look kind of scares me sometimes too yeah yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely. yeah your time at the da you've gotten the chance to build relationships with sources like what's the biggest key to building relationships i think you got to just let them know that you're kind of just a human being first and i and i this is like super cliche but it's like it's true like I, like the thing is every time you talk to someone don't sticking your mic out for an interview just like talk to them like they're just another conversation like hey how you doing coach like like you guys feeling cool long trip back long flight back whatever and then for the players like you know just talking about normal stuff like oh uh you see you know let's say they're a fan or whatever like oh yeah you see that aaron Rodgers game or yeah dude tom brady was killing it whatever like just talk about like what normal you know college students talk about because at the end of the day like yeah these college football players but at the same time i'm one of them I'm, I'm still a college student. You know, I, li- I like to watch NFL on Sunday, sit on my couch and, you know, watch sports. So, I mean, I think the fact that if, if they know that you're just a human being and, like, genuine in your intentions and you're not always trying to scrape off dirt off of them and you gain their trust, you know, that that's when you build sources. And then when the, I guess, the more uh, testy stuff or the more, like, I guess, uncomfortable stuff comes out or, like, the hardest stuff to cover – like when it comes to like losses or whatever on a team and you know they'll they're, they're more willing to talk because they know like oh yeah no Aaron's cool like he, he he's got good intentions mm-hmm. what's been one of your favorite DA moments like this can be whether you're working in the newsroom outside the newsroom like what's one of your favorite moments that you've had with the DA now that you're you know you graduated oh that's tough I mean I obviously I love the Tuesday meetings because especially me inviting them, like, it was just cool to just hang out with all you guys, you know, we all have fun, but probably, like, a specific moment was, was probably the New Mexico Bowl, like, that whole trip was just kind of crazy, because I, the game was, like, on a Saturday, uh, we wanted to leave a little bit earlier, whatever, but, like, I had a final, like, late Thursday, so you couldn't leave earlier, and we had to use the whole day Friday to drive, because, Mex- like, we drove, so Mexico, New Mexico was, like, 14 hours and like just me kareem luis and daniel just being on a road trip it was just fun going to a different state like across i think we went through three different states but anyway it was just a fun road trip. i've never been to new mexico before so it was just cool to see that part of the country but just, just that whole experience of just like of a work vacation almost because it's like you know you take a trip you go you experience new things but you're still there for work so it was just kind of like a nation of and also it was the football game i was ever going to cover at SDSU so it was just kind of a culmination of everything and just like the fun times with you know with Kareem and me and Luis just going to Whataburger and seeing how overrated that stuff was so <laughs> yeah just those are experiences that you know I'll, I'll, I'll forever cherish but yeah it was just a lot of fun you know
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, you've graduated. What's What was that moment like? Because obviously, everything was, I feel like, to me, everything was kind of going really well, like, all around, like, with the DA, with school, everything like that. And then, like, this whole coronavirus pandemic just comes in, derails everything off the track. Was it hard? Like, w- was that whole transition to online classes hard for you? Or, like, how did that, how did that entire thing go? Yeah, definitely everything was kind of just hard because I I, 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 I always liked in-class in instruct, instruction just because if anyone ever had a class with me, like, I'm honestly that guy who's always raising their hand and, you know, asking questions with the, with the professor. But I'm also mm-hmm. loving all my classmates because... You know, I try to make as much friends as I can, you know, make all these connections as I can. So I kind of just miss that whole experience. And, like, when everything switches to online, like, the last couple months of school just didn't really feel like school. They just kind of felt like, all right, here's assignments. Do them and turn them in and that's your semester. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, yeah, the the last couple months academically was challenging because you never had that social environment. And obviously, you know, who doesn't love being out in beautiful San Diego? It was definitely tough those last couple months, but I made it. Yeah. Is was it hard? Like is do you feel like with this online graduation, obviously with graduation like it's like you finally get that minute of closure because you're in person like you get to be with your family, you see it. But it's like is it different with it being online and it just being like a simple little video that they made? I was a little disappointed with the whole virtual graduation. I thought it'd be longer. Like there's honestly in the back of my mind I was like, "Ah, oh, hopefully Kawhi like will give a speech or something i don't know but i know he's not much of a talker but it'd be kind of cool because they showed mm-hmm. all the cool alumni um but anyway like yeah i was hoping for something better but honestly my disappointment virtual graduation just kind of overshadowed just because like my entire like extended family like did a drive by and like stopped by and drove by and you know drop off signs and drop off some blades to congratulate so that kind of just like alleviated any disappointment i had you know a virtual graduation so but at the same time, it's kind of cool that still do have an in-person ceremony in December. So just mm-hmm. just to have that, like you said, close of you know seeing all your classmates again one last time, I guess before we officially it's like a mini reunion before we officially you know go on to our separate ways. So hope to see a lot of uh, my classmates then in December. Now, what do you got going on in your future? Like, what do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to work for the athletic? I know a lot of a lot of us in the newsroom like to say that, like, oh yeah, you're uh, gonna work for the athletic. But I mean, what what do you want to what do you want to do in your future? Definitely, uh, obviously, I want to be in journalism, uh, sports journalism. Um, but specifically, I would love to be a like a beat writer of a team, like a sports writer, um, just because specifically. You know, obviously, I'll take what I could get. I ain't complaining, especially nowadays when it comes to jobs, yeah. in journalism, you know. In a pandemic, you know, you kind of take what you get. But specifically, what I want to pursue is just be a writer, a sports writer. Just because I think, I mean, I love reading books and just like telling stories that way. It's more vivid just because, like, a lot of stuff, a lot of places where you can't bring a camera everywhere and kind of document it. So you write about it. Mm-hmm. So I just think being a sports writer could just be really powerful and just really fun to do. Um, yeah, hopefully for football or basketball or baseball team, one of those three major sports. Or even boxing because i love my boxing but i don't know how you can make a career out of that because there's very few matches but yeah i just love writing so hopefully i think we'll start away mm-hmm. like is there any like preference over what team you'd want to cover not necessarily probably a specific league because honestly i probably couldn't be a beat writer of the warriors i get, I get too passionate about the warriors not gonna lie like, man if i was a beat writer for the warriors i would just like subconsciously start writing like staff what did you do like you know what i mean like yeah i don't know 
I mean, maybe I could put it to a side because you know, obviously, I, I came to San Diego State as a as a as a, as an Aztecs fan, so like switch that hat into a reporter. But I don't know. It's easier when you've only been a fan for three, four years in San Diego State rather than you know your whole life as a mm-hmm. Warriors fan. But probably preferably not my hometown team. But if I could do that, I'm not. See, I'm, that's what I want. But pretty much, preferably, I would love to do college football. Uh, just because of my experience at San Jose doing it, that'd be my preferred league. But and one of the three major sports leagues in America, I would love to cover. Now, why, in your opinion, like why do you think the sports section like made such a jump to the new level like this past year with it in the DA? Like, wh- why do you think the sports section was so successful this past year? Because I'm a leader. <laughs> no, no, I mean, okay. Yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of saying that jokingly, but I, there's also some, but I mean the, the reason why I say that is I was able to have it's also like the like you guys that like the the staff like my staff was the one that kind of made the spectrum sports as good as it was because because just because I had all these good ideas about how we could do stuff, but if no one wanted to do it, like it wouldn't mean anything. But the fact that I had a group of you know passionate journalists that wanted to do and what that wanted to follow through with my ideas of you know stand up or writing through observations instead of a traditional recap or writing this column or, you know, doing whatever's live tweeting during a game or doing all that, editing videos uh, for Twitter, whatever it is. Um, it's like a football cliche, like my body and like we were stronger than ever. Like, I think we went like pretty much 10 deep this whole this whole year and consistently, too. It wasn't like, you know, people would occasionally show up in and out. Um my section was super dedicated this even with the pandemic i mean you guys went to my weekly zoom meetings um so like you know i I love my section just because the dedication that you guys showed but it really started with them kind of buying in and doing what ideas i had for the section so yeah (laughs) yeah i i mean yeah definitely i mean i think like the fact that we were able to like the section was able to adapt with the pandemic and like we Mm -hmm. came up they came up with so many ideas that were like out of the box like for example, like with Reese's uh, story on Alex Curry or with, right. you know, my Malachi Flynn piece, like th- those are like kind of exactly. stories you don't necessarily think about, but it's like they ended up becoming these super huge pieces. And so it's like I really think like with everyone's ability to be able to like think outside the box, that was kind of a bi- um, one of the main reasons why the sports section was really good this year. Um, so now I want to move on a little bit. And talk about like the NBA because a lot of people obviously you're a Warriors fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Warriors <laughs> unfortunately bottom. I think they're one of the bottom <laughs> teams in the West Western Conference. But what's your thoughts on like the NBA like coming back? Because clearly it seems like to me they have a lot of um, they're they're at the fastest track to be able to come back right now because they have they're they're saying hey we're coming out to Orlando um really now now it's all about just a matter of how they're going to play their games and like what kind of format the the NBA playoffs are going to be in but like what are your whole thoughts on like how the NBA is like possibly returning um I think as sports fans that's just something we want um to kind of just take our mind off the pandemic and and I'm sure the players want too but I think what I've the the polls I've seen and read um online um like the whole, like, I think it's like 20 team playoff where you have the eight and eight, so 16 and plus an additional four who are kind of within range of that playoffs, last playoff spot. So I think the thing is like you want to 
minimize the amount of teams just because you know the virus is still out there so like if you're the warriors like my warriors they're not going to come in and like I, I hope they don't come in and have to play just because it'd be, it'd be no point just risking more people getting the virus so like i just think it's a it's a pretty good idea to keep the team at the teams at minimum but also give you know a few teams like the blazers a, a fair shot to the playoffs and once the playoffs starts um it could still be you know game series like it normally is and i'm i'm hearing on you know sports talk is like will there be an asterisk on as a champion i mean like Okay, yeah, I guess, sure, but that doesn't mean that there won't be a champion. I mean, there still will be a champion. I really hope it does happen, just because mm-hmm. I feel like, especially g- given the fact that the NBA season was what eighty percent complete, and to not have a champion, it just doesn't feel. It feels like oh, those eighty games were just, or the eighty percent were just like a waste. So like, I'm pretty sure it'll come back, and I'm confident they'll do it safely. Like out of major commissioners, Am Silver is for sure the best one out of all of them, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I trust him that he'll do a good job to keep the players safe, but also, you know, bring basketball back. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, it'll kind of bring a different level of, like, a different level of intimacy in how you watch the game as a fan. Because I now with no, with no fans in the stands, like, you'll be able to hear the players talking and the coaches yelling. Like, I, I really think it'll be kind of an interesting experience for, like, people to watch um, on TV once these games get started uh, in July. And I kind of wanted to bounce out to the like college football because obviously that's like a huge issue because um, college football is proposed to start this fall. A lot of SDSU is hoping to bring a lot of their athletes back for summer workouts on July 7th. Like, what are your whole thoughts on like the possibility that like the NCAA might not like there's a real possibility that college football might may or may not be happening or it might be postponed. Like, what are your whole thoughts on that? And like, what do you think might happen? I think the thing is, they're like culture ball across the country. Like everyone's doing stuff differently. Like, or I'm hearing stuff different. Like obviously, in the South, like they're full on ready to have fans in the stands. You know, full season. Like there's no pandemic going on. And then you have, you know, some schools like the CSUs not have classes in person. So what does that do with having football and student athletes on campus? Because if there's no students on campus, but you have the student athletes, or the football players specifically on campus, like so that kind of takes the amateurism away. But then when you hear Michigan's president saying there might not be football, like from a blue book, like Michigan, like, oh, that says a lot. So like, will there be a season where like a college football season where the power fives, like the Bamas and the Ohio State still happen, but there's no Michigan? Like, it's just super divided. But hopefully like, we get more information, stuff becomes more, there's more knowledge and testing becomes more available. And like, we know like how to contain the virus to make sure, you know, players don't get sick because that's obviously the priority is you know people to stay healthy um so it just right now it just seems super divided but i do think there will be college like i'm pretty optimistic it'll happen but probably no fans um but then the tricky part becomes like are you going to quarantine all the football players so i mean i don't know it's a big it's different because like i think they're College football, not everything is televised, so they don't have the the NFL's luxury. So they they got to take that into consideration. You know, Power Five versus Group of Five. It's a, it's like a whole, yeah, it, it's pretty complicated right now. But I really do hope they have it, especially you know for guys in the daily aspect. Like covering college football has been like the best experience. So I really hope they're able to cover it or to cover a season, especially if they're a senior, like maybe in the least. So yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. I mean, I know like uh, Mark Ziegler recently wrote a piece on the San Diego Union Tribune that talked about how the Mountain West canceled a few of their conference tournaments, um, including in yeah. in uh, women's soccer, volleyball, and baseball. Um, however, they still plan to have men's basketball in March of 2021, which was kind of interesting to me how they still plan to have men's basketball, yet a lot of these other tournaments are being canceled. And so it's like, you know, like, what's your perspective on that? Like, just the fact that conferences are being forced to, like, cancel a lot of these conference tournaments because they don't have the budgets to put them in. Honestly, it, it's pretty, it's kind of sad, but that's just kind of, it's sad for the fact that, you know, all these other athletes uh, from like so- the softballs, you know, the volleyballs, the the lacrosses of the world, like they work just as hard, you know, they spend all these hours and th- for them not to have their conference tournament kind of sucks. But, you know, with the pandemic, it just affects everything financially. And like the reality is, you know, men's basketball and football are the money makers. So to have a men's basketball tournament, to make money for the conference, I understand it, but it's just so unfortunate because, you know, these are all student athletes, like, you know, the track athletes, track and field athletes work just as hard as the men's basketball team, but, you know, that's just reality, like, that's, the track and, track and field doesn't make as much money, so I guess they can't afford to have these, to hold these conference competition in these other tournaments across all these sports, so it's just kind of unfortunate just because, you know, all these student athletes are super dedicated, but that's just the reality of college sports the business side of it which sucks mm-hmm. yeah definitely now like i just want to talk about one more thing and that's the nfl i mm-hmm. mean the a lot of they're planning to go full steam ahead as scheduled i know the it's a like i know the recently gavin newsom governor of california just said that athletes are essential workers which i mean that's kind of that's debatable but i mean i kind of under i understand his point but do you think like like what's your whole thoughts on like the NFL starting up again? Because I feel like that'll be interesting to see how like teams incorporate fans into stadiums, but also keep within the guidelines. Like what are your whole thought? What are your whole thoughts on that? Like I mean, it's kind of like college football in terms of like fans and stands and all that. Like every state has different policies. Like I know Gavin Newsom has been a little bit more has erred on the side of caution, mm-hmm. uh, which is not not something to knock at compared to like the southern states where like they're full on like. Let's have football 100,000 deep. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just honestly, it just seems like, like you'll get some home stadiums where they have some fans and then you have with no fans, with let's say in California. But I, I think the, the happy medium is what the Dolphins were proposing, the social distancing. Uh, I mean, it'd be kind of weird, but like I think that's better just because rather than having no fans just because that gives more jobs and just to kind of get the economy to start going again mm-hmm. rather than no control. Hopefully there could be some sort of, I guess, over all the governments throughout all the states to kind of just like how fans, but social distance, assuming that there's no vaccine, which I don't, I don't think there's going to be a vaccine until next year, maybe early next year. So let's say there's no vaccine. So like social distance, safety and all that, maybe, 15,000 out of 50,000 people could show up at the stadium, something like that, hopefully. But I'm not too worried about it just because the TV deals, like, they're way too powerful to just fall off after one season. So I, I think the NFL will be fine. But hopefully there could be stands just because thousands of jobs are on the line with the NFL. The NFL employs thousands. So hopefully all this gets sorted out. Mm-hmm, yeah, hopefully. And um, now I want to make – What's your way too early Super Bowl prediction? Because Amber said 
Amber uh, said it would be the, the Bucks versus Chiefs. Bucks versus Chiefs. Yeah. I got to go with my Niners. Really? Um, the Niners, I mean, in the NFC and then the AFC, I just think Patrick Mahomes is just so good. And the thing is that the Chiefs pretty much went survived the AFC without getting home field advantage just because the Titans beat the Ravens. But they'll probably get the number one seat again and just because Patrick Mahomes won't be hurt for three or four games that he missed. So they're probably going to get a, a better record, regular season record than they did this year. So it's going to have to come through Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And it's just like, it's just super, it's one of the toughest places to play. So I don't see anyone in the AFC knocking them off. I hope Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do, just because I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I like Lamar Jackson. He, he's fun to watch. So I hope he gets it done. But just realistically, I, I, I see a Super Bowl rematch. I know this is wow. not common. It's not common in the NFL because there's so much parity, and that's why we love the NFL. Mm-hmm. But it's like the Niners are pretty much one pass away. We had a what was it? The Niners had a 21 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter, and then we blew it pretty fast because Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. But if Garoppolo hits Emmanuel Sanders that deep ball, we're having a different conversation. The Niners are Super Bowl yeah. champs. So it's like, and the Niners, I think they got better. Like I honestly, we couldn't have drafted better because yeah, we got rid of uh, DeForest Buckner, but we still have Eric Armstead, and we drafted this this guy from South Carolina. So like we were able to still maintain our defensive our defense, but also be cheaper because we have rookies. And so I just think John Lynch has done a great job. And I think our team's going to be even better. Garoppolo is, a full, uh, is, in, is in year two for full season under under Kyle Shanahan, who's the best offensive mind in football, in my opinion. So I, I just think it's a rematch. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they come out on top. But I hopefully the Niners come out on top. But I am scared of the Bucks. Tony, Gronk, and the Bucks. Seven to nine, and Jameis threw 30 interceptions. Let's say Tom Brady throws 10. They win another three games. So they're automatically a playoff team. So yeah. the Bucs are definitely dangerous. So not going to lie, uh, can never sleep on Brady, uh, obviously. So it'll be tough, but I, I still think the Niners come away. And the NFC is so loaded. Like every year, mm-hmm. the NFC is like the Western Conference. Like there's like 10 yeah. teams that have, you know, mm-hmm. chance to go through. But it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely. But hopefully my Niners make it. Yeah, definitely. Like, are there any teams that you think could, like, break out? Like, kind of pull what, like, the Chiefs did in 2018 and kind of pull what the Ravens did last year? Prizes, people? Um, I'm going to say, dang, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot a lot of talk has been with the Arizona Cardinals. They're, they're kind of like a hot pick this offseason. Obviously, Kyler Murray, year two, super good young quarterback. Then you got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, defense got improved, but they got probably the best defensive player in the draft, in my opinion, Isaiah Simmons. So, I mean, I think the Cardinals will probably surprise some people. May, may, they may not be ready for playoffs yet, but I think they'll be fun to watch, for sure. Do you think they'll give the 49ers a run for their money? I think that that division is just going to be crazy good. Like, the Rams just went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, that whole division, we're probably, it's probably just going to eat up on each other. So, the yeah, that, that, that was just going to be super competitive. I don't see the Niners beating the Cardinals or everyone twice other than the, the the Seahawks. I don't see them being as dominant in NFC West as there was. It's definitely going to be a battle. Niners mm-hmm. probably not going to go 13-3, and but I still have them, you know, winning 11-12. But it'll, it'll be a dog fight. 
NFC West, best division in football. I just don't see why there's another case for anyone, any other division. It's stacked. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, I'm going to have you make a prediction. Is there going to be any Bay Area teams that will win it, that will win a championship within the next five years? Yeah, the Warriors. Warriors? <laughs> you think the Warriors will win a title in the, in, within the, the next five years? Yes, because the thing about it, the Warriors like pretty much tanked this whole season. They're going to get the number one overall pick, most likely, which is crazy. Like You come off five straight finals, and you get the number one overall pick the next year. On a season, we don't even know. Well, we do hope it's going to happen, but let's say it's a wash season, whatever. And then they're going to get everyone healthy back. Clay off the ACL, Steph with a broken hand. Everyone back healthy. And then potentially, I mean, Giannis is a free agent. He didn't sign with the Bucks. Maybe you get him again. I mean, the thing is, even if you don't get Giannis, you could trade the number one over, overall pick to get another couple stars or whatever it is. But the thing everyone's forgetting, with before KD, the Warriors won a championship with just Steph Clay and Draymond as the mm-hmm. core. And they're all still coming back next year. And, you know, Steph, yeah, he's 32 now. Age going up to 32. That's a little bit older, but his game ages well. All you got to do is just shoot from 500 feet out. He doesn't need to be taking as much punishment down the lane. So I think the Warriors will definitely, I think the Warriors will more in them before, it's all, before the, the Steph, Clay, and Draymond go their separate ways. Wow, that's surprising. I, was, I thought you would say the 49ers. Or like the confident in the Niners, but no, actually no. I'm more confident in the Warriors because the Niners, it's football. Like it's so hard to sustain excellence in football. That's why I shout out to the Patriots just because what they've done for the past 20 years has been so hard. It's like mm-hmm. the Rams just came out Super Bowl in 2018. Now last year they didn't make the, they were like they were mediocre at best. So it's just like it's just crazy. You might like you never know with the Niners uh, just because it's football, um, but. In basketball, if you have the talent, you're automatically guaranteed a run for the championship. So, yeah, I'm I'm, saying, I'm sticking with the Warriors. Uh, my head's telling me the Niners, but hopefully the Warriors. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Aaron, thanks for being on the show. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Any closing I thoughts, it, man? Any closing thoughts you want to say to the listeners out there? Um, you know, um, if any, I'm assuming all of Devin's listeners, uh, wait, shout out to Devin. You got a great podcast going, doing your thing. Keep doing the good work. Um, but just, I know most of your listeners are probably SDSU students or alumni. So just shout out to the SDSU community. You know, I had, I was only there for two years, but it was honestly the best two years ever. So it was just really fun. And, you know, as sports editor, it's a privilege to do all of what I do, being involved with sports at SDSU and so thank you for all the blessings and you know i love y'all uh aaron out yeah if you listeners if you want to follow aaron on twitter i think it's it's at a-t-o-l-e-n-t-2 right yes yeah and my instagram is it's aaron or it's aaron so i-t-s-a-a-a-r-o-n so three a's but yeah yeah follow me on social media yeah, that's a that's a note to the um to the journalists out there. Hit them up on social media so they can get a job. <laughs> you guys can help me get a job. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate it.